the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Back as we head into hour two, our phone number six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero. Our nine sixty Patriot Broadcast Studio is brought to you by the Veteran Owned Minus Gold Group, your trusted source for precious metals. Um, we were covering earlier a, a bunch of things, including the uh, deaths of uh, somewhere between ninety five and a hundred. Iranians uh, in Iran who uh, were killed in two explosions, two bombs that uh, that took them out when they were commemorating when they were visiting the burial site of Qasem, uh, Qasem Soleimani, um, who was uh, ordered killed and killed uh, under Donald Trump. No one has, by the way, claimed responsibility for this. The U.S. has denied it and has denied that Israel did it. Um, but um, there are going to be a lot of elements to this, um, as there are already a lot of elements at play here. Um, just yesterday, we were discussing the killing of Saleh al-Aruri. Aruri was the head of Hamas, well, he was Hamas's number two. He was effectively the head of Hamas in the West Bank. He was the head of the Hamas in the West Bank, who was killed in Hezbollah territory in Lebanon. Now, Hamas, until about a week, until about October fourteenth, was Gaza territory. Gaza territory. Hamas is extremely popular, and by polling, maybe even more popular in the West Bank than it was in Gaza. But Hamas has a leader there, or did until yesterday, Arori, in the West Bank. That's on the other side of Israel. It's not Gaza. And he was killed in Hezbollah territory in Lebanon. Hamas is funded by Iran. Hezbollah is funded by Iran. Meanwhile, Houthi terrorists are firing on U.S. military in the Middle East. Houthi terrorists are funded by Iran. And today, a hundred or so Iranians were killed by a bombings, set of bombings in Iran as they were mourning the death of the master terrorist, Qasem al-Soleimani. It's hard to wrap your mind around all this terrorism, all this violence, all this bloodshed. It's hard to wrap your head around it. It's also hard to wrap your head around how integrated all these different groups are, some Shia, some Sunni. It's also important to recognize that there is a 
hub to all these spokes. There is a vector to all of this. It's the proper noun we keep saying, Iran. Iran Hamas, Iran Hezbollah, Iran Hamas West Bank, Iran Hamas Gaza, Iran Houthis, Iran Soleimani. And you think about what young David brought to our attention yesterday or reminded us of, that great 1980 Ronald Reagan ad about what causes wars. What causes wars? Wars are caused when the forces of freedom are weak, Reagan said. It was from his 1980 acceptance speech convention at the Republican convention. Wars begin when the forces of freedom are weak, not strong. When the forces of freedom, Ronald Reagan went on to say, lack confidence. Here's how he put it. We are not a warlike people, quite the opposite. We always seek to live in peace. We resort to force infrequently and with great reluctance and only after we have determined that it is absolutely necessary. We are awed and rightly so by the forces of destruction at loose in the world in this nuclear era, but neither can we be naive or foolish. Four times in my lifetime, America has gone to war, bleeding the lives of its young men into the sands of beachheads, the fields of Europe, and the jungles and rice paddies of Asia. We know only too well that war comes not when the forces of freedom are strong, but when they are weak. It is then that the tyrants are tempted. He would go on to say that it's when the forces of freedom lack confidence that wars are started, and he went into a series on confidence and perceived lack of confidence. There are any number of discernible, identifiable cleavages between the Biden administration's policies foreign and domestic and the Trump administration's policies foreign and domestic, foreign and domestic starting with the border, moving upward and outward to include foreign and defense policy. And one of the most definitive and distinct differences was policy towards, was Biden policy towards Iran. Not isolating them as a state sponsor of terror or the leading state sponsor of terror, but rather appeasing them, shoveling billions of dollars to them and trying to get them, in fact, begging them to come to a negotiation over their nuclear desires. And at every turn and with every dollar and with every offer of appeased negotiation, appeasement negotiation, the violence got worse. Now, this is an, this is an entity whose Hezbollah alone has killed hundreds of Americans, hundreds in fact, when you think about the use of the kind of bomb that, excuse me, the kind of bombs that went off in Iran today that killed these hundred Iranians, who taught the world really the use of that in the modern era? Iran's Hezbollah killing 241 Americans in 1983 in Lebanon. That was 
Hezbollah's calling card and introduction to the world, the death of 241 Americans in 1983. And of course, subsequent and multiple killings ever since. Anyone remember TWA Flight 847? Never forget the name of Robert Stetham. Cobar Towers, anyone remember the Cobar Towers? Don't forget it. 1996. And of course, everything that's transpired in Iraq. Don't forget their activities and killings in Argentina. Don't forget any of them. In fact, if you want a good primer on Hezbollah's death toll, uh, there's a good one put out by the Henry Jackson Society. Henry Jackson Society. Just Google Henry Jackson Society or Henry Jackson and Hezbollah. On and on and on it goes from Lebanon to Saudi Arabia to Iraq to Buenos Aires to Thailand to Turkey. Always with Americans as the first target. This is why when we were fighting al-Qaeda, CIA directors went at length to point out, chairmen of the Joint Chiefs of Staff at length to point, went at length to point out, let us not take our eye off the A-team of terrorism. That's how Hezbollah used to be known, the A-team of terrorism. Again, it has a vector. Again, it has a state sponsor. Most terrorist organizations do. I'm trying to think of one off the top of my head that does not. Think about what the weak force of freedom we have become since January of 2021 has given us. Think about that. Think about the world that has given us. And think about the relative passivity, the relative Pacific nature of the world, particularly the Middle East, in the four years prior to that. I am looking at a gorgeous young boy who just came in with his dad, Matthew Schweikert. Hello, Matthew. Welcome to the studios. Yes, when we come back, he and his daddy will join us. Hello, David. Hi Happy there. New Year. We'll be right back. <sighs> Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. 602-508-0960. It's a delight. It's been too long. Welcome back into the studio, Congressman David Schweikert. He usually joins us on Wednesdays by phone. He joins us in person and with another person. Yeah. This is Matthew. Have you never met Matthew? I don't think I've met Matthew. You need to get out more. <laughs> well, I, I've, 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 had, I've had many visits with Olivia. Yeah, this is Olivia. Matt, this is you. You. Matthew came into your life when? Um, 18 months ago. 18 um, months ago. Yeah, you know, phone rang. And he's 18 months old? Yeah, right? and yeah. phone rang, and um, uh, uh, apparently um, it was some social worker saying, are you going to come pick it up? Yeah. And yes. you're going, pick up what? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and apparently Olivia's birth mom had had a little boy. Yeah. Um, and I said one of the greatest moments of my life was calling my wife. And to show you what a unique person I'm married to, yeah. um, she basically said, okay, um, I'm off at work at 8. We'll run down and go get him. No, no conversation. No. And look, it, it's the greatest joy. Uh, look at this there, guy. There were some great concerns about how healthy he'd be, um, which is you know, fine. You, you take the world as it is, but this is um, it looks Olivia's. looks like a picture of health to me. Yeah. The, no, it's, 
re- doing remarkable, yeah. considering he shook for a couple for like a week's a couple weeks. Um, but um, well, welcome, the dear Lord has a sense of humor. Welcome, <laughs> and uh, hopefully the first of many repeat visits, like your sister. Yeah, and uh, God, uh, what I would do for that curly hair. I know what <laughs> I would do for any hair. So you were were talking with me just a little bit over the break about this this notion of what appeasement what appeasement brings and what strength brings. Uh, I I will take you even a bit further. Um, And and Americans often don't live in um, a world like Europe or Asia where they're constantly paying attention to what their neighbors are doing. You know, let's face it, you know, we're the biggest economy in the world. We can be a bit insular. But if you ever went and read the books of Henry Kissinger or, um, you know, Reagan's Secretary of State, what was it, Baker, um, there was this concept of we don't mind if they think we're a bit crazy. We need that because that's I, – I hate this word, but I'm going to use it – strategic ambiguity – keeps them on their toes when they think they can roll over on us um we lose that ambiguity of oh god we don't know this president this administration will they you know tomorrow go after us and i will make the argument in the environment we're in right now afghanistan and what happened there was the message of we back away we're, we're, we're horribly planned, horribly thought out, um, you know, uh, unwillingness to actually listen to the professionals. It was listening to the political people, yeah. and it was a disaster. And now we're reaping what was sowed by this administration. There is also this hysteria that takes place whenever those who follow the Reaganite vision of the force of freedom being strong there's this there's this hand rubbing nervous hysteria yeah takes place that strength is the pro- american strength is well, the problem it, it, it's but you you have people um what's the term oh yeah bedwetters um basically um they 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 lead with their feelings it's not that they're bad people they just don't read history they don't um, uh, live in a world where they somehow think everyone on the other side of the world is just like them. And we've learned, uh, turns out, culture is important and makes a difference. Um, and and uh, this is a sort of bizarre, but it's still burned in my memory. Okay, um, Sorrel High School. I get to do a math class or two at Scottsdale Community College in my senior year. Um, so that's, what, 1980. And the left, the radical left, so hates Ronald Reagan that they're spray painting on the sidewalk silhouettes of human beings that had been incinerated by nuclear weapons because Ronald Reagan was going to get us all killed. This is what a Reagan presidency will look like. Yes. Silhouettes uh, on the uh, sidewalk. Silhouette. Yeah. They did the same thing to Donald Trump. Right. But the fact of the matter is, what was the world like at the end of his time? The Soviet Union was collapsing. Um, it's think about when Donald Trump was elected um, and the building right next door. I had to deal with a being berated by a local lawyer who was screaming at me how we're going to go to war with North Korea. Everyone's going to be dead. 
Because of Trump. Because of Trump. Because Trump had been villicose. But it turns out that's what created the leverage to actually create some stability. If you really think your opponent has a big stick that might be used to, quote, paraphrase Teddy Roosevelt, it doesn't matter if you have it if they don't believe you're willing to use it. Yeah, I um, I remember not just Reagan, Thatcher. Do you remember those huge marches in Europe oh, with yes. the deployment of the Pershings and people wearing gas masks and as if it was Fahrenheit 451 or some Ray, <laughs> Ray, Ray Bradbury dystopia? And it turns out, as you point out, within a few years of those uh, paroxysms, uh, the, the wall came down. The wall and, came tumbling down. And if you think about the Trump presidency, there was never a more pacific time in the Middle East. Yeah, um after Qasem Soleimani was killed, I remember hearing all of this all over again. Yeah, We're going to have World War Three or World War Four, whatever people wanted to call it. And I said, my God, what and, are you talking about? And look, um, they have been at war with us since 1979. Uh, maybe longer. <laughs> yeah. um, remember, um, what was it? Um, uh, you know, the Tunisian. Mm-hmm. Um, was one of our first foreign trying to uh, fix, sure. um, no, trade. No, of course. And I, that's a couple hundred years ago. Um, it is interesting, that debate, though, that debate between Jefferson and Adams. Yes, going I, after I, was the hoping, Barbary I was trying Pi- to keep you from going there, but the go Barbary ahead. Barbary pirates. <laughs> and Jefferson wasn't sure. Adams said you should fight them, but if you fight them, you will be fighting them for the rest of your life. And, well, we have been. Yeah. But, well, though in this case, Tunisia now is a friend. Um, it's the only country that actually survived the Arab Spring. Um, look, I, I, I do believe very much in you communicate your values, but you don't necessarily give away what you're willing to do. But when pushed, you do have to be willing to push punch back. Well, that is what is going to be the undoing of, I think, the Biden presidency when it comes to foreign policy in the Middle East, David. Oh. Uh, it may be the same, yeah, frankly, I, with I, the border. I, 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 you see – you know my unified theory. I think you have to see it all together. Let's do um, it. The last time I was down at Yuma, the number of folks who were crossing that border who were not from south of the border, they were from the other side of the world. Let's talk about it on the other side of this break. Matthew needs a break. And David Schweikert and I, with Matthew, will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, coming to you live from our 960 Patriot Broadcast Studio, brought to you by the veteran-owned Midas Gold Group, your trusted source for precious metals. Delighted to be sitting across the table from Congressman David Schweiker, representing Arizona's 1st Congressional District, and his son, Matthew, 18 months old, behaving very well, Matthew. I'm shocked because he wasn't this good a few minutes ago. <laughs> well, it's nice to see you, and I, there's a nice tradition of the Schweikerts bringing their kids in. Yes, this yes. Time and I apologize for the drool that's on the mic. <laughs> oh, we have sponges for that. That's why there's a sponge here, right? There's a sponge here. David, I want to talk about the border, then I want to talk about some scary things you were talking to me about with regard to the economy. Yeah, the border, as you've been seeing it, and as it's... um, as I used to go to the Yuma border crossing, too. I I was one of the first, I think, in media to go to to Lukeville a couple months ago when no one was out there. You know, we used to have this phrase, OTM, other than Mexican, and Mm -hmm. talking about... We don't use that anymore because most of them aren't anymore. It is. That is actually... That's the default. And most folks... And there becomes some of the problems of you end up in front of groups trying to talk about 
how dangerous what's going on. Right. And yes, he uh, he's doing cheers with the microphone it's with okay. his sippy cup. It's all right. The sponge um, works for that too. <laughs> and you you go and when I was there, um, okay, here's a nice you know here's some folks from China, here's some folks from Sub-Saharan Africa, here's a lot of Haitians, mm-hmm. here's this that, and so the stereotype. How much of that is also a function of U.S. foreign policy? Um, and uh, you it's know, kind of a mirror image yeah, of what we were talking about with regard to the and, Middle East, right? And I believe the math is last month we set an all-time record, over 300,000 f- official encounters. Right. This is a disaster of scale. Um, one of the things, though, that that gets me just just livid is when I get preached to by you know the mayor of New York or Washington D.C. or Chicago sanctuary city sanctuary. mayors. Well, but beyond that, turning saying, you know, where the hell have you been right. the last couple of years? Right. You know, you get a few thousand to come in on buses and you lose your mind. Right. Would you like to see what's happening? It's just it once again demonstrates the incredible arrogance of national media and the fact of the matter is these big city folks um, who think we're flyover country. I don't know if you knew uh, growing up or since uh, uh, anyone from the Gillenwater family, but uh, the Gillenwaters took me down to Ajo and then to Lukeville and they rode up because what they were seeing were all these immigrants that were very, 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 very darkly complexed. It turns out they were all from – West Africa, they were talking to a man. They asked, does anyone here speak English? They're talking to a man. His name was Fahim. He said, I speak English. He said, well, what is this about? And he said, we were invited here by your president, and we all know this. We all know to say the word asylum, and we were invited here. Okay. Um, a bit of reality, because having done some traveling in you know, the Northern Tri- Triangle and some of the countries— this is an industry. This is a yep. business. Um, it's a multi-billion-dollar business. We don't ask that question either. It is a right. business. Matter of fact, some of the crazy things is some of the drug cartels that are making more money smuggling people, right. the narcotics. Um, there was a report a year ago we were reading that some of the drug cartels were now making their own fentanyl precursor chemicals yep. Yep. because they had so much cash. Right. They said, let's go into the chemical manufacturing instead of buying Cut out the, China. Right, don't need China, right. Um, where do you think those billions and billions – how about the people who do cross the border, no. who do make it in? No. Um, is it a type of indentured servitude of that they have to pay back? And so what have you imported into the country? Um, I also have a whole economics presentation I've actually done on the floor of the House that actually uses reports from 15, 20 years ago – when the Democrats actually used to care about immigration and they used to accuse Republicans of wanting cheap labor. I remember that. Talking about the importation of, of low-skill populations is one of the cruelest things remember that. you can do to the working poor in your own country. That's right. What have we done to the working poor who basically sell their labor? They sell their well, willingness you know, to work. This is a part what have we done to the to value of their issue. labor? Absolutely. We should be owning that issue. This short segment will have a longer one coming back. And then there's this other element, never mind Middle Eastern terrorism. My friend Brian Kennedy, who uh, you may or may not know, he heads, uh, he heads the uh, committee or in the present danger of China. He said, and you think about these young males from China, he goes, just over the past year, we've imported, imported. We have seen come into this country brigades, 
brigades. It's something, it's something to, that I don't know we can unwind. Let me take the quick commercial break, and we'll pick up on that and the economy when we come right back. Oh, this! Oh, stop trying to trigger me with your bumper. This is music. the great music from your high school, oh, no, David yeah, Schweiker. It, it's, um, actually, it's what, what were you listening to in high school? Um, of course, honestly, and these um, are Arizonans like, too. Glenn Campbell was an Arizonan for a while. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry. It's, I have some very odd musical tastes. Well, right, <laughs> I know. All right, if if you think I have odd, just wait till you. Yes, wait till David guest hosts the show again. You've guest hosted this show. Yes, before. I have it's a few times. We got to do it again. And and, and and when I guest hosted, there was great bumper music. <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right. We believe in uh, absolute truths around here, David. I'm not accepting that as an answer from you. Uh, do you want to say a word about some economic stuff that's been on your yeah, mind lately? Yeah, um, and and this is an encouragement for anyone who actually is interested in um, what I think is one of the real drivers of some of the chaos out there. Um, go to my website. There's a little thing in there. You can sign up for what we call the daily debt. We send you a text message saying, here's where we're at today. We basically balance. Here's the receipts that came in, tax, taxes, and here's what we spent. Um, we hit an all-time record yesterday. We're, if you annualize it, we're borrowing over $84,000 a second. Something is horribly wrong out there in the math because the economy is actually fairly decent. Um, in like November, tax receipts, uh, tax collections were up about 9%, which is huge. Now, there's a distorting fact in there because there was California emergency, so they got to pay their taxes later. But spending was up 18. If the trend line continues, um, and you're looking at a 2.6. You could actually see if, if the acceleration continued um, or the economy slows down almost a $3 trillion borrow. And that's crazy talk, crazy talk, because we were supposed to be at 1.64. Okay. Now, I'm sorry to be throwing out a lot of math. Okay. What I'm basically saying is we get the general. something's horribly wrong, and it's a combination of we're paying dramatically more interest. We've, I've been on this show for years saying interest fragility, it's, interest is now the second biggest expense in government. Healthcare first? Nope. Um, Social Security number one. Okay. Interest number two, yeah. then Medicare. Okay. Then defense is number four. Okay. Um, it, and the other thing is healthcare costs. Um, healthcare costs are spiking, and, and some of that's just demographics. Um, and you're worried about demographics generally, too, aren't you? Uh, very uncomfortable. Yeah. In about 18 years, the United States has more deaths than births. Um, Demographics also are harder for us as conservatives to talk about because it's not necessarily Republican or Democrat. It's societal. When you talk about fertility rates, you know, uh, last year's fertility rates were lower than many European countries. We're, I think we were down like 1.64, 1.65. Um, Interest in marriage is lower. Marriage is much lower. Um, uh, the ability household formation just, you know, try to go afford a house. Mm -hmm. And... But those are the glue that holds a society together. And makes an economy. And makes, and makes the stability. The root word of which is household management, right? Stability. Right. But think about – back to my unified theory. Yeah. You were talking about the Middle East. Yep. One of our great passions is maybe everyone doesn't love each other, but could we at least have stability? Mm -hmm. And we're Americans. We want to sell people stuff. Mm -hmm. um, you need a world of growth and stability. Mm -hmm. And 
the entire industrialized world is, um, you know, uh, starting to collapse, um, but from its fertility rates. When we were growing up, you and I, first segment on this, that you were here with us today, uh, a couple of seconds, a few seconds ago, David, you were talking about memories of high school and the Cold War talk and Reagan and stuff like that. Uh, my memories as well. Do you remember there was another word that was thrown around a lot you don't hear anymore, detente? Remember that word was everywhere? <laughs> but that merely meant it wasn't the same as entente. Entente was where people got along and were mm-hmm. friendly, you know? Entente was, you it know, Mexico ta- and, you, I mean, America tolerate. and Britain. <laughs> yeah. Detente was just, you know, not war. Not war. And, um, boy, I'll tell you, those those core Johns are gone now. And, I mean, look, um, one of the things we'll be talking about probably over the coming weeks is, you know, we go back to Washington uh, – I think this coming Monday, we're going to be down. To, we have another member who's resigning. Um, uh, the number of members who are not going to run again, be prepared for that because it's not a particularly joyful place to be right now. Um, how do you move things? How do you move a budget when people somehow believe I can? And, and I am all for cutting everything you can cut. But if you're borrowing close to eight trillion, or excuse me, eight billion dollars a day, mm-hmm. a lot of the things we're fighting over are a day or two worth of borrowing. Right. And the unwillingness to actually engage in the revolution of what do you do to lower the cost of healthcare? What do you do to lock down the border so the chaos and the costs that come from that? What do you do to legalize technology in ways so? Um, government gets smaller, and it, 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 you've seen. I, you know, I've done dozens of floor speeches. I and and people are willing to watch them. I have one the other day. There's like seven hundred thousand people have watched it. I know. People and just care walking now. through how we can do this. There is hope. Every day we squander, the Democrats get closer to what they want. Where hey, we hit the wall, they get dramatically higher taxes. The problem is that math doesn't actually work. Um, you can tax those over 400000 maximize every tax, maximize income tax, capital gains, estate. You get a point and a half, two points out of GDP. So far this year, we're borrowing about 9.6% of GDP. Um, this reality is going to come kick us in the head very soon. Cause for optimism? Um Cures of diseases, um, new technologies that may um, spike productivity again. Um, and if you meet some of the young people, you know, I spoke at a high school the other day and I walked out going, darn, these kids are a hell of a lot smarter than the, I was. I'll tell you, the smart ones, <laughs> the smart ones are smarter than anyone I ever knew, including people much smarter than me in high school. The smart ones are smarter than we ever were. But, but there's, I think, fewer of them, unfortunately. I uh, I, I'm not willing to agree to that. Okay, I'm, I'm um, glad you're. I'm glad to be wrong. Uh, uh, I'm glad to be wrong. It's just you. You got to deal with the demographic reality. Um, take a look at many of our school districts around Arizona. They're getting smaller by student count population, not because they're charter schools or homeschooling. There's just fewer kids, and the ability to start to think about that as you're doing education funding. As you're sort of modeling what the future, where do you put your resources? And we're going to have to go into a time 
We're going to have to deal with the reality. Um, We've got to figure out how to pay for what we have, not create new grand schemes. Let me uh, take a quick break, and we'll close out the hour with you with a summary wishes for the new year. And I want to know, what is it you do when you're in town? You visit high schools, and you visit... Oh, yeah, all sorts of things. Yeah, I I want to hear about your tour when we come. Yeah, and then if you really want lunacy, I'll tell you about the construction project I have going. (laughs) Oh, yeah, how's it going? I want to hear about that. We'll be right back with David Schweikert. Well, welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. It's been a delight having uh, David and Matthew Schweikert in my uh, studios for this hour. You may remember that song growing up was the intro to the Channel 12 News. Do you remember that, David? You, um, you probably yeah, yeah. There you go, trying to trigger me again. Channel 12, <laughs> Sanchez. Oh, but you, you got to remember, you know, local news Why was a lot. Why so heavy? Do you have weights on it, or is that a special congressional thing? No, no. It's the same size phone. It has more data in it. I yeah, it, it's, and everyone is listening. I'm, I'm doing something that's really jerky doing a live radio show. I'm showing him my tables um, from the Daily Debt, trying to make the point that something is horribly wrong. Um, and I gave you a, a, a – yes, a say hello, Matthew. And I gave you a bad number. So far, the first quarter of the year, we were borrowing $106,000 per second. Wow. Um, what do you do when you're here? Um, a, a lot of coffees. Uh, I have a coffee problem. Last um, time you were here, you went to an interesting homeless shelter. And yeah. Staff and, did you and, like and, that I pointed out to but, you? Know? I, and I have a fascination with that because uh, I think in some ways, um, particularly those with the conservative side, we need to understand the misery of a lot of our brothers and sisters. What's more conservative than that? It, it, I, you know, it's, what but, is? Um, the health and safety of our human beings that um, don't but, deserve to live like Remember, animals. I also have a little more aggressive. Uh, I don't like just saying, okay, here's a wonderful charity. How do you solve the problem? Yeah, of course. I'm tired. And uh, for a future show, you and I will do crazy talk on discussions of like a fentanyl vaccine and some of yeah, these other things to. that are coming and the ethical questions around yeah. how you roll something like that into society. I will lay and, the marker down. I'm less optimistic than most on this, and we'll we'll discuss that later if you want because we only have a minute. But Yeah, um, and there's actually one under development even for cocaine that that's different in the way it works. Right. Um, and then I like to build things. Good. So if You're you building, look, if yes. You, if you look at my hands, <laughs> yes. um, they're all beaten up. Um, this, we're, because I'm an idiot, I bought this manifold about three years ago that bubbles propane (laughs) on the surface of water, and you light it on fire. I'm building a fire fountain in my backyard, and now you wonder why my wife thinks I'm insane. Will you invite me over for hot dogs once it's ready? I'd love to see it. It's not that type of fire. This is supposed to be aesthetically. No, it's supposed to be aesthetically (laughs) beautiful. And and we're welding. You know, I have a welding. Welding has grown to be my hobby. It's I'm not good at it, but I like to do it. The mask and the whole thing. Of course, you, you've got to have the mask. Um, and 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 I'm welding the grates. You to need go to make. To, you need to make Instagram videos of this. My the young David, who you um, met, my producer, does cooking Instagram. I, I videos. did a at one time. I did a couple photos of me doing welding, and the mockery I got from people that actually knew what they no, were doing. Good. You know what? <laughs> Happy New Year! Thank you for coming, and thank you for bringing Matthew say, to the Matthew, show. Matthew, say goodbye. Now we have say this bye. family tradition, the circle. Yes, and I apologize for um, Matthew's drool on the microphone. As I say, we have sponges <laughs> on the mics for a reason. Thank you, David Schweiker. Happy New Year, uh, John Chatter. Come in, we're right up. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.